Welcome to episode 182 of the DC Comics News Podcast. No, your eyes are not deceiving you. We have a new face, but an old face if you also watch and listen to I Am The Night. With us is, first of all, Brad Filicki. How are you, brother? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Welcome, Adam. Doing very well indeed. Yes, my name's Adam. Adam Ray, the Izzy Tinker to those in the gamer circles. Uh, dulcet tones that you may recognize talking about Batman the Animated Series with my delightful father. Uh, on the smaller one the smaller one uh, in in age and and size <laughs> um but yeah always keen to talk about batman and all the things going on in the wider dc universe uh actually quite thrilled to be here i've heard great things about the stuff that you guys get up with and talk about and we have a laundry list of news to cover this week don't we oh yes a great laundry list and obviously we start as we always do with dc movie news and mainly focused around obviously the next big release blue beetle um some brand new clips have dropped focusing on the characters and they're all really pretty cool brad what are your thoughts i i like these clips uh it definitely highlights the humor and the humor works from what I've seen, it doesn't seem cheesy. It doesn't seem forced. It seems like the cast has a natural kind of chemistry, which I like to see. And a lot of DC characters, they work well when it's focused on family. And this is definitely one that's focused on family. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I like what I, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. What about you guys? Yeah, definitely. Um, Blue Beetle, especially Jaime Reyes' Blue Beetle, has been a personal favorite character of mine. And he's got a, a close connection to us, at least, being like um, Latin American and like Spanish culture or Mexican culture. I'm not too sure of the details. It's been a while since I've read his stories. But um, they get that essence down of the tight-knit, strong family unit, like you said. Um, we've seen good bits of that in the Shazam movies so far. But really building on that just to make him seem likable and approachable. But it's also a big thing in the culture there. So getting that side of the character down from the offset and seeing him going through like the growing pain struggle of understanding his powers, but framing his powers in a way that seems sinister, as they say in the second of the three clips. Um, yeah, they've, they've given us all the right uh, ingredients to show that they've done the character justice from the drop. And I'm very excited for the project even more now. It- to echo what you both said the whole family side i love what you said brad the humor because sometimes and i do believe that the marvel movies are very uh, guilty of this of dropping a silly bit of humor in the middle of a dramatic scene for no reason other than to drop in a bit of humor this whole piece of the, the whole writing and acting is of a higher standard, I think, because you do feel a family bond from these actors, um, possibly because they worked together before, possibly because of the whole um, Hispanic part of it as well. But all three of us are Jaime Reyes fans, all three of us are Blue Beetle fans, so I'm really looking forward to this. And we talked about the humour and, and the um, cultural side of it, but I also love the fact that it's superhero, a little bit of body horror, and sci-fi with the armour, the action. Yeah, this is a film I'm really, really looking forward to, and it seems like I'm not the only one because from first reactions, a lot of people are loving it. And again, very few, even slightly negative comments from what we've seen in this next article. What, what did you make of that, Brad? Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. It seems, you know, you, you had mentioned the culture, the Latin culture, and all these reactions say that they nailed it. And that, I think, is important 
And that is a great way to start out my kind of feelings about the film or my expectations going into it because I always get a little nervous when movies are released this time of year. It's kind of like a yeah. dead zone mm-hmm. that studios really don't believe in it. So I was like, well, you know, but I, I'm really liking these reactions and I'm liking that they took an effort to really represent the culture uh, as as authentically as they can. So yeah, this these reactions made me more excited to see it and I'm already pretty excited. Oh, what about you guys? Yeah, I would say, um like getting these kinds of reactions are just very important, but I think it's important because of um, DC's track record. I I really want this project to succeed. They've had a few good successes with um, Jason Momoa's Aquaman and the Shazam movies because they were like lighter of tone, but still had connections to the wider movie universe that they'd made. Um, obviously, The Flash has been very divisive, which I still don't quite get why. But I loved it. I think it's important that this movie got such great reactions because by and large... The character's got a lot of popularity, sure, but he's still relatively yeah. unknown to the wider sort of community and the wider uh, viewer base. Like, comic comics fans like us will know, oh, great, he's in it. Well, we see Ted Cord and all of that good stuff. But most people be like, Blue Beetle, who, who's this? Well, like, a, And then they'll sort of can make comparisons to certain other Marvel characters. So this is a very ambitious project, and these positive reactions already are really exactly what this what this movie needs well said i mean both of you are so spot on what i'm gonna look at this film is and and brad and you and i have talked about this so many times over the course of the shows that so many fans out there seem to be desperate for every dc project to fail and i think that's part of the backlash against flash because i saw it i loved it and everyone i know who's a DC fan or a comics fan, love The Flash. It's, again, it's that negative side of fandom. But this film, for me, is brilliant. You, the way you said that Blue Beetles knew who is this guy. Who knew who Iron Man was before Robert Downey's Robert Downey Jr.'s first Iron Man film? Um, they only made Iron Man because Sony had the rights to Spider-Man. That was the only reason they made Iron Man the main character. With Heyman, we've got the armour, the cool armour. We've got the humour. We've got the Latin side. We've got the whole legacy because um at least one chord is appearing susan susan sarandon's character so we've got a whole universe of opportunities and like adam said i I agree wholeheartedly i really want this film to do well i really want this project to work so and building it further on that still we've also got like the spider-man level teen drama of like a young man coming into his own but also a young man coming into his own as a superhero Mm -hmm. uh from strange otherworldly scientific means um but also i think it's important to make the distinction because it's still sort of high level alien tech as we'll find out in the movie presumably but also there's something in sinister sinister there as we saw in the second clip they thought it was like a a uh world destroying weapon so and we see the destruction that it wreaks as he's trying to learn to to control it so viewers are going to go and being like oh is this guy like an edgy anti-hero will he join the justice league will this be like the precursor to some other superhero group they most viewers just won't know who this character is so that level of uncertainty in the casual viewer will really bring in a lot of attention which is exactly what this show needs this movie needs i I like that you both brought up iron man and spider-man because that's kind of what my impression was yeah yeah watching these previews from the very first time we got the trailer so I'm, i'm glad i'm not the only one that that felt that way 
it's the perfect blend, isn't it? Because Spider-Verse introduced Miles Morales, which is another brilliant, um, inspirational character that brings in lots of different cultures and lots of lots of diversity. And Blue Beetle can do that because he's a teenager. He's likable. He's suffering. Mm. All the teenage stuff, plus the whole superpowers business as well. So yeah. it's got a winning formula. Let's just hope that people give it a chance, which sadly a lot of the times they're not. But what are you going to do? You can only hope, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, some other hope. Um, Superman Legacy, which we spoke about the casting, obviously, of Superman and Lois. Um, but now, obviously, we've got uh, Anthony Carrigan coming in as Metamorpho. And we've got the casting news for Hawkgirl, Mr. Terrific, and my personal favourite bit of casting of all time, Guy Gardner. Brad, you've got to be hyped about these names, right? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Nathan Fillion's going to make a great oh, Guy Gardner. Oh, yeah. I hope they give him the haircut somehow <laughs> no. oh could you imagine if you got the guy got the bowl haircut i didn't even think about that I mean, they've got to right oh man to, right? it solidifies the look like are they gonna dye his hair red yeah. <laughs> that is also the hope right i mean yeah. like i feel like he was an easy in but thanks to his connection to um because like james Gunn may not be involved directly but he's still part of the conversation mm-hmm. and they're like this they're like best, they're well, like no, best with superman legacy it's his film he's exactly. writing and directed so, it so, so yeah so that's why he's so involved so heavily and we've seen him do a lot of like high energy like sci-fi-esque roles in like the guardians movies and of course firefly like i think it's really brave that the first like big showing of a green lantern on screen um no this guy is guy Gardner. no disrespect to ryan reynolds in the early 2000s um i think it's very very ambitious of them to choose guy Gardner because even though he's like a human green lantern he's so punchable I think just going to borrow a lot. Batman term. would agree. He's just so punchable <laughs> to borrow a term from uh, the Nimona movie. Um, that like putting that guy, putting that Green Lantern up on screen would be so great. But we need to pair it with um, a good showing of either Hal Jordan or John Stewart. But we'll get to that a little later, won't we? I think that I think he's definitely going to be punchable. I can't see James Gunn putting a. <laughs> Guy Gardner be played by Nathan Fillion in a movie and not have him be punchable. That just seems like right, right up the character. I mean, like right up James Gunn's alley for what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's brave and it's also clever because mm. I think for the Hal Jordan Green Lantern, you're still going to feel a little bit of the Ryan Reynolds effect. Mm-hmm. And, I, and honestly, I liked that movie more than I did. Most people that I did yeah, it's like, it was a lot of fun and it showed a very sincere, very faithful uh, origin story for Hal Jordan. So I can't fault it. It's a lot of fun. I'd have a lot of funness for it. But uh, yeah, putting a new take on Green Lantern back on the screen, it'll be good. I think as long as Nathan Fillion gives us the Captain Hammer energy from Dr. Horrible Sing along, oh, yes. we'll, be, we'll be set. It'll be great. Yeah. And I, I've been a fan of Isabella Merced for a while. I thought she did a good job as Dora, and I think she was in, uh, I think she was in one of the Transformers movie, maybe the one with Mark Wahlberg. Or, but anyway, I think she was in the first Mark Wahlberg one in China, wasn't she? I the one with so. the Dinobots, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, she, right. and she was also in, I was it the um, the the family where they adopt a bunch of kids. Uh, I think Mark Wahlberg was in that too. She was good in that. Um, so I think she's going to make a great hot girl yeah. and perfect 
perfect casting for Metamorpho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's so Amazing. I, I look at him, I look at his face. Yeah. And I can see him as mm-hmm. that character. You don't even barely need makeup. Uh, that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just giving him strange colors. Anthony, I promise that's a compliment. No, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about, about the casting. And I like that we're also going to get Mr. Terrific. We're going to get a Hawk yeah. Girl. We're going to get Metamorpho. And it's not, these are the things that are fun for me as a yes. fan because I wonder how is he going to integrate all those characters in a movie and introduce a new superman to the world mm-hmm. it's 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 gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun i I'm, I'm really excited you guys again the hive mind at play but brad obviously as as someone who's read a lot more of the wider dc universe i don't i haven't introduced adam to the terrifics yet having mr terrific and metamorpho in the same film could this be a possible opening of the doors to a terrifics movie because again that series was the best thing to come out of the new age of heroes i was really unhappy when it got cancelled and having like dc's homage to but also slight nudge nudge wink wink laugh at the fantastic four would be a brilliant addition to the dc universe in the movies i think yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of the terrifics. I think that that's that could be part of the whole connecting tissue that's going to connect oh, all these movies, kind of the way that uh, Nick Fury did in the early Marvel movies. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if that happens. Like that. Get a mm. Terrifics movie. Yeah, I think because uh, the name Mister Terrifics one I've heard thrown around in certain like um, fringe circles of like DC superhero action. But then again, I'm also thinking like this is just my optimism thinking back to if we're seeing metamorpho maybe we can get like some justice done to black lightning to get like a version of the outsiders oh that would be so cool i mean even if we could bring in the tv black lightning because one thing he was fantastic in that show yeah yeah. we could um we can reprise the the lady that played katana from the first suicide squad movie because she was one of the saving graces of that movie despite how uh on the nose her introduction was yeah incredibly yeah but then again, we'll talk a little more about the Suicide Squad a little later as well. Ooh. We have so much to talk about this evening. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But one bit of bad news, but I'm sorry, I'm still going to take Gal's word for it. We spoke a few weeks back that Gal Gadot had done a couple of interviews saying that James Gunn has said Wonder Woman will proceed with her in the starring role. But now that seems to be debunked and they're saying Wonder Woman 3 is reportedly not in development. Um I'm going to take this one with a pinch of salt and still hope for the best. What about you, Brad? I do too. I think I think that Gal probably got a few angry texts or a few angry phone calls from from <laughs> James Gunn. What are you doing? I, I think that there's more to the story than yeah. James Gunn is letting on. Um, yeah. I think that I think that we will see a Wonder Woman three. And a, why why wouldn't we? You know, it's yeah. just a matter of. I, I think at this point. It's going to happen. It's just where to fit it in mm. in the grand scheme of all the other announcements. And once they get that figured out, they'll announce it. So, I mean, I guess, too, it depends on the strike because the strike doesn't seem mm. to be ending anytime soon. And, you know, if you yeah. look at we've got years with these movies. Mm-hmm. So it could be that by the time it comes around, Gal Gadot might not want to, you know, at that point. But for now, I think that there's more to the story than James Gunn is letting on and that there is things brewing that they just can't tell the public about. That's, that's, that's what I think. 
What about you guys? I'm sure that there. I'm sure that Yoda knows what she's talking about when it comes to the project she's attached to. Because right now she's the queen of weird heist movies on Netflix. Um, I also know that she deeply loves this character. I mean, like, it's not yeah. just that this character sort of like broke her onto like the Western audiences. I know that she's done a lot of independent movies and uh, back home as well as um, you know being in the army. But um, she knows she knows what how well to handle this character. She's sort of become synonymous with with Wonder Woman at this point. She's just done the character so well in so many movies and so many appearances um in the justice league movies as well so i would say we just got to watch this space um will i'll consider it sort of like there's there's a hope that we'll have to wait and see what else they want to release until they can actually say yes it's happening and it's coming out of this date so something to look forward to but something we'll have the things they want to show us now on our minds yeah they've got that whole first slate book haven't they yeah so Wonder Woman's probably there, but not quite at the top of the list yet. But how often have we said it that Gal Gadot has not just played Wonder Woman, she basically is mm. Wonder Woman. If you're not gonna if you're gonna make a Wonder Woman movie and not have her in it, what's mm. the point? I mean at this point, she that that's that's as much slack as these early round of DC movies got, the casting can't really yeah. be argued. Um, absolutely that's a perfect example great a great aquaman great wonder woman yeah. uh great superman and i liked ben affleck as batman as well so i think i was shocked when he was cast but he killed it yeah he yep. was brilliant yep. yep and uh margot robbie makes a great harlequin yeah. too so um but yeah I, I i think that i agree i think that if you're going to make a third wonder woman movie she should be attached especially if it's going to be in the near future it mm. just wouldn't be the same absolutely I'm sure we'll get around to seeing her again, but uh, it'll come soon. Keep it'll come eventually. Crossed. Keep everything crossed. Now, what we are going to see, and Brad, obviously you'll have some knowledge about this because you were at SDCC. Oh. We know that we're going to get a full-blown animated Crisis on Infinite Earths, but it's Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths, and an animated Watchmen movie. But again, with the Watchmen TV show, with the Watchmen movie we got, is this going to be a straight adaptation of the original 12 issue miniseries. Is it going to be another offshoot? Is it going to be clock stuff? Exactly. Uh, and if it is the 12 issues, will it lead to a sequel to a doomsday clock? Your thoughts, Brad? Ah, uh, man, I was, I, I actually was not on the panel where this was announced. So I, I missed this, but had I been there, that would have been like the, the story for my comic con. Um, because those are two of my favorites. I mean, yeah, absolutely. one of my Everybody's. favorite stories of all time. And Best I would stars, hope yeah. that if they're going this animated movie route, that they don't make it a sequel or they, they do the straight adaptation. I would, yeah. I would rather see that absolutely. in an animated, animated form. Um, but I mean, there's so, it's so dense. There's so much there. I think they would almost two or three have films do, at least, wouldn't it? Do two films like they did with dark Knight yeah. return. So I would love well, to see Halloween, that. Yeah. Yeah, and Long Halloween, right? Uh, and, and Crisis is the same way. Crisis is such a classic story. I, I am curious, though. One thing that makes me a, a bit nervous is that they're calling Justice League Crisis on mm. Infinite Earths, not just Crisis on Infinite Earths. So it's going to focus more on the Justice League. So it's not going to be as much of a straight adaptation, it sounds like, for me, because a lot of the characters that got pulled originally 
in Crisis weren't major characters. Or even the, DC characters. That's yeah, the Charlton characters as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. Was one, uh, you know, so I think that 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 makes me curious about what they're going to do as far as the story concerned. But I these are two of my favorite comic stories oh, yeah. of all time. So I and and we talked so often about how DC really knocks it out of the park with these animated movies. Oh, yeah. hmm. So there's at this point there's no reason to think that they're going to be bad. But yeah, I I, I will. You know, I used to joke about when the Sandman comes out, I'm skipping work that day, and just, I, I I feel the same <laughs> way about a Watchmen animated movie. I'd probably call out a sick from work to uh to watch it uh, what about you guys yeah definitely something worth considering I, in terms of a watchman animation a part of me still remembers the uh the motion comic from the uh animated from the extras from the really dvd good. commentary yeah we've the, got it from yeah the ultimate edition yeah. um and honestly like there's moments when the animation is still a little ropey but it still ha- matches like dave gibbons's art style so I can forgive it. I think there's a lot of charm there, especially when they do some of the parts like the um, the pirate comics as like a vignette. So I think if they do it properly, they would have to do it in at least two films. Minimum. I think also it'd be a good chance for the creative team to actually test themselves. Do they want to like put the usual polish that they put on current Warner Brothers animations or do they want to put it back into Degubin's art style? Either way, if they do it well, then there'll be a real slam dunk. I think trying to keep it in that vintage art style would be good to recreate the fact that it's still a 1980s story. So that would just add to the retro feel of it in an alternate timeline. Whereas for Justice League, um, the storyline itself is iconic and you can tell most of the story with just the main cadre of characters, just the main Justice League members. You'd be missing a lot of charm and you'd be missing a lot of the side stuff where you see the consequences of the multiverse just sort of unraveling in and of itself but you'd get sort of like the foundational story there and i think that's still good for the more casual viewer because they'll go in see this involvement want to pick up and then be like oh crap there's so much other there's so much other stuff here who are all these characters i gotta read read about them and that brings more people in which honestly it's a shame to not see those the cider parts of the story uh, adapted and put to animation but if it has that consequences, I can forgive it. Yeah. I mean, you both make really valid points. I mean, with Crisis, I mean, even the TV adaptation was like, like it was like only a four-parter, wasn't it? The Crisis on Infinite Earth they did for the CW, for the Arrowverse shows. And that just dwelled mainly on the core characters of, of the TV shows. With the comics, obviously, Brad, you and I know about Earth S and Captain Carrot and the Zoo crew and the, the Charlton characters. But most viewers will only know about the Trinity and the main Justice League. So, like you said, I mean, they're the main core of the story anyway. But um, that can lead, as long as they've really got the anti-monitor, a major death, Supergirl or the Flash or one of the big characters, as long as they've got um, Superboy Prime, because of the repercussions for Infinite Crisis and Final Crisis and everything else that follows, it'll work as a Justice League movie if it's if it's well enough written. And yeah, adapted. yeah, that's true. I I, um, I just thought it was there was something. It's odd. I agree. Um, I, I guess because you have more freedom with an animated movie to bring in yeah random weird characters in a way. Um, uh, it, it'd just be fun to see. I mean, you'd have to have Harbinger as well. 
Oh yeah, Harbinger. Yeah, yeah. and uh, obviously um, um, Pariah. I mean, that's true because if you look at, at at the deaths and the major things that happened, it did deal with the Justice League. So, mm. yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I suppose you're right. But yeah, I. Either way, I'm I'm super excited for both. Yeah. Well, let, let's be fair here. I mean, Crisis on Infinite Earths changed the game for oh. comics, not just for DC, but because it was the first major super event crossover. Everything else that followed, even Marvel Secret Wars, couldn't have happened without the Crisis on Infinite Earths. And when we talk about Watchmen, like you say, Brad, iconic. I mean, Zack Snyder's Watchmen live-action movie is still one of my favourite movies of all time, but it did have to chop a lot, the history, the background, the giant squid, um and i think it adapted it well having manhattan be the 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 catalyst but again if they're going to adapt this well like you said which was brilliant doing it like dark knight doing it like long halloween into two movies and then having everything else that follows come if it succeeds it's exciting Mm. two of the greatest comic stories of all time getting full animated treatment who can be happy about that now, <laughs> something that put a big smile on my face was the trailer for Scooby Doo and Crypto 2. Now, do you remember, Brad? Um, it must have been about a year ago, actually, when it leaked that they were doing a Scooby Doo movie that featured um, the Legion of Superheroes in Crypto. Obviously, that's metamorphosing this. I mean, we didn't see the Legion, but do you think we might e- even get to see them? But what we have seen so far, that trailer looks. <sighs> hilarious what did you make of it yeah yeah it's gonna be fun and i don't know why that i was i got this confused with the uh the animated movie that got scrapped there was wasn't there a a scooby-doo that that got canceled the same time as the batgirl movie for some reason i thought that was this one so it was great to see a trailer oh yeah we're gonna get to see it the voice cast looks great oh wow Uh, Anytime you bring Tara Strong into it, yeah, you know, Harley Quinn, uh, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely there. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So bringing those big names in makes me want to see it more. I mean, I know it's going to be aimed for kids, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And oh, I, I don't think know. it's at, what like, September, so we don't even have to wait that yeah, long yeah. into September. Not long. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to say, um, even though it's aimed for kids, air quotes. Like I remember the last time I was. Um, it's like bored and flicking through like um, satellite TV channels. And I stumbled across um, the Scooby-Doo Batman, the Brave and the Bold crossover movie. Oh. And it just sucked me in somehow. Like there was a month, like I caught it like in the middle where Batman was like in a diner of all places talking about the mystery to the rest of Mystery Inc. And then he takes them on a tour through Arkham Asylum to talk to the Riddler and Scooby and Shaggy are freaked out as always. But I don't know how, but somehow it just sucked me in. There's something just like approachable and all ages friendly for the very light kid kids stuff for from one of the animation at the present. So I think if they give it that level of love and attention, it'll still be a, a, a family fun for everybody. And let's just be truthful. Every kid's project dc have ever done has got loads of stuff in there for the mums and the dads as well um did you see league of, legion of super pets or league yes. of super pets oh, oh, fantastic yeah, yeah. brilliant yeah. if this is going to go down that road as well i mean the only thing that made me laugh is we've got crypto who can fly and 
faster than the speeding bullet, able to leap tall buildings, laser vision, whatever. But he still barks and Scooby's having full-blown conversations. <laughs> <laughs> so stuff like that. Yeah, I don't care if it's a kid's film. It makes me feel young at heart. Bring it on. That'll be so much fun, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned Margot Robbie. Yeah. And Adam, you mentioned the fact that we're talking about uh, David Ayer's original Suicide Squad, a film which I think still gets a bad rap. But David Ayer remains um, adamant that obviously his version, and it's bound to be true, every director's cut I've ever seen has been superior to the studio-chopped theatrical release. Zack Snyder's Justice League and Joss Whedon's are two completely separate films. Now, it seems that um, James Gunn is behind getting the film released at some point. Now, what does that even mean? Your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, it could mean anything. If it's ready to go, you know, we talked about with the Snyder Cut was a great timing for Snyder Cut because it was during COVID and everything was put on pause. Well, we're kind of in that spot again with the strike. Right, the strike. So if there's going to come a time where these delays do go on and there's kind of a dead zone, that would be the perfect thing to drop. Yeah. And I would really like to see, um, I, there's part of me that would like to see the redemption of Jared Letter's Joker. Yeah. You know, it's somewhere that people can actually respect his him. performance. I mean, I yeah. didn't mind it. Yeah. I, you know, so I, I'd be really interested in those, those scenes. So I would definitely watch it. And he said, he just, Eris described it as his cut being cut to pieces, mm. the theatrical cut. So I want to see what he would put together with those pieces. And, uh, you know, if James Gunn can get it done, I don't see I, I, I don't see a downside in it. Uh, I, I say that those things like that. That's why we have streaming services. Yep, mm. you can put those things. You don't have to put it in the theater. You can put it right on the streaming service and let people watch it. So I, I do hope this happens. What about yeah, you? I'm hopeful too. I think because um, I ultimately know that the uh, the the version that we all got to see of the first Suicide Squad movie it was re-edited by the company that cut together the trailers. So there was a lot of stuff that hit the camera and floor that most of us never got to see. And like the the visions of Jared as this Joker were described as terrifying. Like I think why Jared as Joker sticks out as a good performance to me is because he's a version that we've not really seen on screen before, much like in the same way um, Robert Pattinson's Batman was like the like the wired detective. Jarelao's Joker was the clampers of crime. Yeah, because that's exactly. what like a crime lord that's still impinged and would resemble a clown would look like in like a kind of like urban culture. I think that side got it down. But if we see some of the twisted, unhinged stuff that makes him quote unquote terrifying... We got glimpses of that, like when he's there in that circle surrounded by the knives Ooh, and the baby grows. Yeah, if we get more things like that while still making him the focus instead of um, Enchantress, then that could be a really fascinating redemption for Jared Leto Joker, and I'm, I'm very here for it. So hopefully we get some some sign of that, hopefully soon. I mean, it's like you said, I mean, Brad, you are the king of the visuals and the, of the couture and of the costumes. For me, what most people were really rallying about with Jared Leto's Joker is the look, mm. the grill, the tattoos, the fact he wasn't in the purple suit. I still think, strip all that away, the performance 
is, like Adam said, one of the classic and probably the most comics accurate Joker we've had in a live action film when it turns to the character. And I, yeah, and I appreciated yeah. how kind of, uh, how, how I guess I will say brave it was yeah. for that design because that came out of left field. Nobody was expecting that. When that picture hit, that broke the internet. Everybody, I mean, yeah. I was like, that's, it had been much easier to get a more traditional looking mm-hmm. Joker. So uh, that's kind of one thing that I kind of appreciated about it, that it was so out there and daring. Yeah. Respect. Hopefully we get to see it again. I hope so. So let, let's just see what happens. Now, what we know is happening, and it also involves the Joker and Harley Quinn, is the anime TV series of Suicide Squad Isekai. Mm. Now, you're a manga fan, me not so much. Brad, your thoughts on this? The trailer looks great. Mm. Yeah, the trailer is cool. And it's kind of a, from what I understand, it's a subgenre where mm. characters are put yeah, into yeah. like a different world. And that's a Suicide Squad and those characters. That seems like a, uh, I don't want to say a perfect choice, but a very uh, interesting choice. Uh, and the designs look incredible. So I, yeah. I, I'm just thrilled by the look of the thing, really. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I will say it's being done by Wit Studios. They've been involved in a lot of good anime since the since the late nineties, and they've got people that have been assigned to like the Jujutsu Kaisen anime to it. So they put it in a good creative team. Isekai is a subgenre of like anime and manga where they get characters and deliberately thrust them into like highly fantastical worlds just to like see how they react. Like you've got. Light examples where like the magic is the thing in stuff like Hell's Paradise, which is doing very well, uh, which is anime is out right now and is excellent. But then you've got like stuff that's really weird, like the time I got reincarnated as a slime. Yes, that is the full title. But that kind of story really lends it to real fish out of water stories. And Suicide Squad's a safe yeah. team of characters to do this with because they, they all are fish they, out of water. They are all they are all fish out of water thrust together. And depending on the kind of world they get thrust into, it could be very highly dangerous where they'll just fall out and then all of a sudden Pokemon Man just gets eaten by a dragon. And that's perfectly okay. Um, Yeah, I think if it's done well, and certainly the look and the character designs look excellent, and the creative team they've got behind it, like I said, is very strong as well. So this will be a a very unexpected uh, release, but one that I'm very excited for personally. And, and TV is the new movies. I mean, it's a much better way of telling a long story. I actually do think that TV now is probably the prime medium for telling real story with depth and character and drama and character progression. A two hour film, even a three hour film sometimes isn't anywhere near long enough, which is what we said earlier with the Watchmen film. Yeah. But like you said, Brad, and again, your eye is unparalleled the visuals the animation the style of this trailer even though i'm not the biggest manga or anime fan has got me really excited and like you both said this is the perfect team of characters for that kind of story they're all outcasts they're all misfits thrown together in a situation that could get them killed hence suicide squad brilliant i just think it's really really clever so um yeah I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. And something more good news, and long may it continue. Um, My Adventures with Superman, season one in the can. I don't know how many have aired. Obviously, we haven't had it in the UK as yet, but it's 
factual, it's official, a season two is coming. Great news. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's 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 a really fun show, a really a very Superman show. You know, it's mm. it's I still I still don't see why it needs to be Adult Swim. I have seen mm-hmm. a few episodes now, <laughs> but uh, it's not Harley uh, Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. And this is another one of those where the character designs are really well done. Yeah. Uh, and the writing's good. The character, there's some good character development. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, I, I'm glad it should be, a se- uh, there's going to be a season two. Um, I, 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 judging from what I've seen, it's not surprising because I think it's getting a pretty good response from fans as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's going to be a season two. What about you guys? Yeah. Uh, all of the reactions I have from some of my stateside fans are saying that it's, like a really sincere but really fresh look at these characters so it's something i've been excited to try and catch whenever i can so the fact that we've got even more of it before i've seen any of it makes me very excited and very confident in how strong it is so yeah well done the well deserved especially in these days where either nothing's happening or things are getting cancelled left right and center to have a project succeed be loved and to guarantee a second season that's the kind of news I want to be talking about every week. So bring it on. Hmm. Now, something else that's put the biggest smile on my face today. And Brad, you'll know why. <laughs> Obviously. Um, Batwheels was one of those shows that I don't think anybody knew they wanted until it happened. Talking alive bat vehicles. Awesome. And now... The one thing that I think we even talked about it, the one thing I thought was missing from the original casting from the original season was a nod to Adam West's Batmobile. Not only were you going to get that, but somehow through the magic of technology and archives, Adam West will voice that Batmobile in the next season. My life is complete, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, my friend? Yeah, this is also one of those shows that kind of has things for adults. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And fans, too, which is fun. And I think this is one of those things that will be that. I mean, I guess at this point, maybe grandfathers and grandmothers of the kids that are watching it um, that grew up with Adam West. Uh, And I I guess there could be some, you know, people who have issues with the fact that he's already passed away and they're using his voice again. But, you know, I'm sure that everything was set up with his estate. And yes, of course. And it's a it's a brilliant idea to have that Batmobile. And to me, that's still one of the most bat and oh yeah, the uh, eighty nine Batmobile yeah. are like my two the two my two faves. So yeah, I think that's a, it's a great idea. Yeah. What about you guys? I'm going to be totally honest. I had seen pictures of like the Batwheels when it was first posted on Dark Knight News months and months ago. And then I kind of dismissed it because I thought I was tripping. And then <laughs> hearing about this news again when we let through the show, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is a show that exists. And they're paying this kind of respect to a bat legend makes total sense. And I'm sure that whichever appearances um, Adam West's voice will appear will be done with a great with bear justice and bear service. And um, to the developers at Warner Brothers Animations, in the, un- in the likely event that you're listening to us, 
there's a moment where you can get like one of them just like like honk the horn and it just goes like it's like the oh, transitions yeah, come on you, come on you know what to do get the sound team on it it's not gonna be that hard has to be done but either way just to get that slice of bat history into the most unlikely but still the most fun bit of batman media perfect i think it's really respectful and really fun that nobody was expecting but deeply wants i now need that as a message alert tone <laughs> i think i need that in my life like with this like you know like those big vans that like yeah sort of, like do like like a or something like that just like the jukes of hazard yeah oh wow that needs to happen and like you said brad for me again the two most iconic batmobiles in history are the batman 66 Batmobile, even though it only had a top speed of 25 miles per hour and it had to be sped up five times every time they recorded it and you can really tell when you look at the backgrounds that car was beautiful and michael keaton's batman 89 batmobile is the one that keeps coming back we saw it this year in the flash now to have adam west voice the car I just think it's a wonderful tribute and anyone who's got issue with that, there's no way Adam West's family won't see something from this and they would not have allowed it otherwise. So bring it on. Absolutely brilliant. Now, one of the joys of my job with DC Comics News and Dark Knight News is getting lots of wonderful graphic novels to read and review. And I read and reviewed the complete collected original Creature Commandos. And I was wondering when it was announced that they were doing a Creature Commandos TV series, which era would we get? The original World War II or the modern day? The question has been answered. I'm happy with it. What about you, Brad? Yeah, because I think it's good to launch, because this is going to be the first show Yeah. Of- the new DC universe. I think it's important to have it in modern day. But what's interesting is that there could be all that that conversation because these characters are timeless. So mm-hmm. it could have been. So it, it was a very uh, important question to ask, and I think it was very smart to put it in present day. And I think James Gunn's humor works better in present day. So yeah, I, I was happy to hear this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, really getting good. getting um, James Gunn's humor into World War Two is very difficult. <laughs> yeah. But um, honestly, like I'm gonna be totally honest, I had not really been familiar with this team until I researched them for some of the wider news to talk about us talk about this today. But they seem very wild and very out there, and exactly the kind of ragtag team that James Gunn is known exactly. for putting to screen. So I have every confidence that he'll do a great job. And I'm just looking at some of the news clips that we've got for, as part of our preparation and the cast that they've got the attached amazing. has been so good uh, Indira Varma from um, Torchwood. Torchwood and Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. um, Alan Tudyk as Dr. Phosphorus, let's go just Alan Tudyk, but then again showing it's still present day where we've got um, Viola Davis reprising her perfect perfect performance as Miranda Wall- Amanda Waller I'm very excited for this team to be put onto screen and be done some justice and again this is another like very audacious, very ambitious look that DC is trying to go with because we've had a, what looks to be a very successful run of Blue Beetle coming soon into a very successful look at this uh, team from across time and space. I think as long as they continue to keep the consistency and the strengths of what they're making up, they can almost do anything. 
any time you can get like archetypal universal monsters like the Frankenstein's monster, a vampire, a werewolf, that kind of thing, mm. in a superhero setting and in animation, with James Gunn at the helm and this level of casting, mm. I would have loved to see the original World War II creature commanders, but vampires are immortal. Can you kill a creature that's been made up of parts? I don't see why they couldn't flash back and see the original creature commandos or even cross them over at a later date if this show runs and runs and runs. And if it's like any other DC animated show, how many have only lasted one season? Mm. Live action, a few. Too many, sadly. But animation is something that no one can doubt DC does superbly. Young Justice got cancelled after two seasons, but fans brought it back batman the animated series we've got a show based on that with this level of backing it's it's a hopefully a surefire win and like you said um this is the kind of team james gunn was made for wasn't it brilliant really looking forward to it now 100 years of warner brothers <laughs> and one of the ways we're celebrating is with Teen Titans, Titans Go. Brad, you're a fan, I know. Tell me your thoughts. Uh, why not? <laughs> why not? Um, you know, the, um, sometimes the show almost has more of an appeal than the regular. It, 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 like it, it exists in a whole different world if yeah. you watch it than who read yeah. the regular DC stuff or follow DC. So I think in that way, I think it's smart to use that show as kind of a one of their celebrations for 100 years. Yeah. Um, and it might be something that a lot of DC fans don't pay much attention to either. It's kind of it exists in its own weird mm-hmm. thing. So I think it's better for it to exist there than, say, something like Bat Wheels or you know, yeah, like yeah, that. So, totally. you know, it, 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 yeah, I think why not? What about you guys? I think Teen Titans Go has sort of like it started out very jokey and very much aware of what it was parodying and sort of evolved into this like weird incandescent blob of fourth wall breaking humor. It lives in the rubble of the fourth wall at this point. And I think that means that it can do anything. If it's going to be actually a celebration of 100 years, then it needs to be a celebration of 100 years. Maybe some, maybe Cyborg does some weird experiment with like a time machine and just goes through 100 years of animations and we see all five of them just like change between animation styles. You could do that. Catch up with like the original like Hanna-Barbera stuff and like eventually find the the actual Warner Brothers and their Warner sister dot. Oh man, that would be so cool. Uh, just like to actually see that hundred years with those weird irreverent characters with some other drama going on the whole way through. Uh, what was that excellent movie that came out, the 3D animation where it was pretty much everyone who was like the Scooby gang fighting Dick Dastardly. Um, oh, Wacky like Races? It, no, like it was, you know, it was kind of like a Wacky Races movie, but all of the uh, like... Everyone was in it. I know it, what you're saying. You it know what recent. I'm saying. It was very recent. Like Dustin Lee and Muttley were in it. If it had that sort of tone to it, just like, but still a real celebration of DC with that um, of Warner Brothers with those characters in it, just to keep the irreverence and the dumb humor up, we could be into something very special. 
it would be crazy. And this is, like you said, Brad, it's the right people to do it with, with Teen Titans Go, because, yeah, it started off as a joke. I mean, I love the Teen Titans animated series. So when I saw Teen Titans Go, I thought, what the hell am I looking at? But it's become a cult classic cross mm. between comic books and mad magazine meets um like you said the ultimate fourth wall breaking it's just crazy so and the teen yeah. titans go to the movies was yeah smashed awesome. it how yeah. did they get in a cage of superman honestly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and anything with the challenges of the unknown yeah mm. you got me brilliant so good happy birthday warner brothers you deserve it what a way to celebrate so we talked about everything on the screen, big screen and small screen, TV, movies and streaming. But now our favourite subject in the world. Let's talk about comics now. Scott Snyder. Love him. Man, man, um, let's talk about his possible return to DC and the DC future genre. Uh, Brad, your thoughts on this story? I love it when DC messes with time yeah future state and i think it's it makes perfect sense Loved it. Yeah. and you know it, it seems like just yesterday we were talking to scott snyder in that interview yeah. where he said i want to step away from superhero books for a while but you know maybe i'll come back so it's good to have him back in the fold i knew it wouldn't wouldn't take that long um you know you're in good hands when it's scott snyder yeah um totally. he, he's coming back to a landscape that has been Changed a lot thanks to you know people like the Toms and yeah. Joshua Williamson. So he he's coming back into some new territory that I think he'll have a lot of fun with. So yeah, I say welcome back. What about you guys? I honestly understand where he's coming from. He if you if you're a creator and you want to tell stories, you need to challenge yourself by stepping away from the genre you've been writing for a while. Obviously, his superhero stuff in DC is legendary at yeah, this point. Absolutely, and like those stories are never going to go away. But if you want to take some time to tell something a bit more independent and out there, by all means, go do that. I'm just fortunate that his uh, time with DC was so storied and so huge that he could just slide right in and just feel welcomed with open arms. Again, that's a good timing for him as well, because with all these big changes that has gone on in the DC universe, even right now, he'll find those to be new constraints for him to tell stories just as good as he has always. So he's very welcome, and I'm sure he's going to tell some unique and powerful things. Yeah. He's not just one of the best storytellers in comics. I mean, not just DC. Just about everything he's written that I've read, I've just thought, wow, this guy is something else. Brad, we had interviewed him on this show and I interviewed him again at the end of last year at Thought Bubble and he said that he still had plans. He would still come back to DC happily and seeing this news and seeing that it's going to happen. Brilliant. And like you said, I mean, the Josh Williamsons of the world, the Tom Taylors, the Tom Kings, owe a great deal of gratitude to Scott Snyder because when it comes to multiverse level threats, um, metal and death metal open the door to Final Crisis and everything else that's going on right now. Perpetua and the Batman Who Laughs are still out there. So I'm just happy to see what happens next because this could be crazy. If we get a, a some kind of new metal crossover between him, the Williamson, and the, and the two Toms, ooh, can you imagine? Wow. Can you imagine? 
Now, this one, I don't know whether I'm absolutely intrigued or thinking, what are DC smoking? <laughs> but um, this is awesome. Kong v Godzilla v the DC Universe. And of course, Batman and a giant mech. Oh, right. Sure. Oh, so this is a following for a follow on from DC Mech from last no, year. No, no, no. This is brand this new. Is but new obviously, stuff. how can you have a non-powered guy like Batman going up against Godzilla and King Kong? He has to be in a giant sure. Batman robot, right? Sure. So, that makes total sense. Brad, I know you've got yeah. thoughts about this. I, I'm not a huge fan of crossovers like this, but this has kind of got my brain all sparkly. I think it's yeah, kind of. I exactly. think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I Godzilla is such a fun character, and anytime mm. you put giant robots versus giant monsters, how can you not love it? Batman and a, I mean, it seems like it's got all the ingredients for a super fun story, and one that right. you don't have to take that seriously. It's like let's have a good time, uh, kind of like the uh, Jurassic League from yeah. a few years, something like that. I mean, it just seems like it's going to be a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, because the last um, the last comics crossover i can think of featuring godzilla was with the power rangers so <laughs> yes. sure yep. let's throw uh, <laughs> godzilla and king kong in there and like if it has the same energy as dc mech or jurassic league i'm here for it but my only question is since it's king kong uh there's like the only question in my mind is which is, what is king kong climbing wayne tower or daily planet tower <laughs> no but which is it I would is say Wayne, Wayne Tower, Tower. And who's he carrying up there? Well, if it's no, if it's Wayne Tower, it could be anybody. If it's DC Tower, if it's, it's um, Lois Lane, yeah. obviously. But Lois Lane not going to be like the damsel, like the like the lady in King Kong. She's going to be like fighting back or something. I'd like to see a Terry Pratchett reversal with Kong gets shrunk down and then Giganta carries him up one of the towers. <laughs> 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 that would be hilarious. But the, honestly, the question I have is. As soon as you see Batman in a giant mech, why has nobody oh. thought of this before? Why has no one put the Justice League against someone like Kong or Godzilla before? I said, Godzilla is one of those characters. My childhood, yeah, the Godzilla animated series with Godzuki is one of the things that I grew up with. So Godzilla's never been out of my life, even though I'm not a huge fan of the films or anything like that. Mm. But as soon as, like you said, Brad, this isn't usually my scene at all, but I'm in. Uh, and that just made me think of something really, really silly. Oh, God. Because if we're opening it up to, like, Godzilla and King Kong, can we open it up to the giant monster movie universe where Killer Moth rides Mothra into battle? Oh, my Lord. How could that not happen? <laughs> It'd be so stupid. <laughs> It'd be so. But I love Killer Moth anyway because he's just so stupid. It, it, I, I think Kite Man would be... I better. guarantee you that would be in... The... <laughs> No. that's gonna be in the second one. Oh yeah, yeah. of course no. after this <laughs> i have a feeling it will be oh, it, yeah. this is this is one of those things that too kind of broke the internet because yeah. they announced this when i was in san diego and i yeah. would a lot of times just be checking news to see if there's they can't be everywhere at once so and this was pretty out there and like hit my facebook feed a bunch it was so yeah i think people are going to respond well to it cool very cool. It's going to be mental. Very stupid. I'm um, looking forward to it. Now, this is something that's really got me excited because Rafael Grampa to me is one of those artists who's just so different. And I know that comic book trailers aren't a new thing, but this could be the single best comic book trailer 
I have ever seen. And the whole premise was something that fascinated me with the whole Batman murderer, Batman fugitive storyline. What would happen if Batman decided not to be Bruce Wayne anymore? What did you think of the trailer, the premise, the whole thing? I know we talked about it briefly before, but this trailer's brought it to a whole new light for me. Yeah, I think the, the, the concept is really cool. I think I, I said to you, there has to have been a story, a Batman story mm. that kind of dealt with the same thing. And, and I think you had mentioned a few, but this definitely looks different. The trailer mm. simple, direct, and I, I kind of really like that, that techno yeah slash industrial music at the end of the trailer it kind of got kind of got me going uh um man yeah they showed this at the at the gotham city must have been great on a big screen and it was it was yeah it was really cool people seemed to love it and i'm telling you the art is incredible uh they handed out uh ashcan editions of the first issue so all the black and white art it is yeah it's it's impressive. I'm really looking forward to the series, for sure. I think that if they do the story properly, it'd be a real, real return to Batman being like an icon of noir storytelling, mm. just like someone who just recognizes the bleak nature of their existence and just like submits to it. Because like most characters like that just recognize that they're in a great situation, the case to end all cases, and just like following the beat like it'll be great for a detective story which we can expect from batman anyway but like someone who's given himself over to that so completely with that art style and that creative team behind it this is very a very unique story that could really go anywhere and i'm very excited yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing of Bruce Wayne not being a part of Batman's life, does that liberate him or does that cripple him? Because Bruce Wayne, to me, is that emotional release, that psychological release that lets him, like, even superheroes need a work-life balance, I think. But let's talk about the art, because obviously we've seen a preview as well now with some of Rafael Gamba's fully coloured art. And like I said, this guy is different mm. there's no other artist to be mistaken for him and he can be mistaken for any other artist and the fact that he's writing this as well uh, i'm just pumped about it. i mean this preview's hot right yeah the, yeah i love seeing the colors and yeah. the covers are great and it's such a i i like these projects when the artist does the writing as well because it's mm. all so intertwined it's exactly what the artist wanted and i i, I yeah this i this i think is going to be um a landmark batman story yeah so, uh, i think people are i think people are going to be talking about this for a while yeah i'm i'm super excited i'm sure it'll be unforgettable i hope so at least i mean just imagine i mean we did something I disagree i've done if you've read the bruce wayne murder bruce wayne fugitive arc where he's framed for the murder of his then girlfriend vespa fairchild and he gets locked up but then breaks out so obviously bruce wayne's on the run and batman's just batman full time and the psychological implications behind it i think to me in my head canon is what led to the whole batman of zero and R, batman having a fail safe device if he's ever attacked mentally or if he loses his mind mm. due to the stresses of doing what he does so having that taken away completely um in a black label book which has got no constraints no continuity um because even it, though it has happened in mainstream, you know that there's going to be a reset. He's going to go back to Gotham. He's going to be Bruce Wayne again. But with Black Label, you don't have that safety net. So fascinating. Really looking forward to it. Now on a completely different level, 
I don't know if you guys read any of the Webtoon comics, but they're phenomenal. Wayne Family Adventures in particular is one of the best things I've ever read. And I look forward to my weekly dose every Thursday, almost religiously. But you and I, Brad, like a comic book we can hold in our hands. <laughs> we can turn the pages, sniff the paper and the ink. We're getting it. The Webtoon series are coming to print. And now it's not just the three that were originally announced. It's all of them. Colour me happy. What about you, sir? Me too. I want to read all of these. Oh, they're Um, great. And I haven't, and I'm, I haven't read them yet. So now I'm going to just get the books. You're in for a treat. That big chunk of story to read. I actually was in a comic shop the other day and saw that they were out. I was like, oh, I was so, I was, I was really psyched for it. And they're pretty reasonably priced considered they're 15 bucks. And that's given today. That's, 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 that's that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm super excited for this, the fix in, and uh what was what was the third one red hood outlaw and yes, the, yeah, um, the zatanna yeah right exactly I'm yeah i'm really excited I'm, about the zatanna yeah. story as well yeah me too yeah i'm i'm psyched for all of them i can count on webtoon to be yeah, like the brilliant. forefront of, te- of really ambitious storytelling not just in the superhero medium but for all stuff i think like uh, uh a korean comic a manhwa called solo leveling started out on webtoon and it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's huge. So getting that and it's finally seeing its paper print in uh, graphic novel and light novel form now. And it's excellent stuff. So being able to put these stories in that pantheon is just a huge deal. And he's getting these these readers out to more attention. So something definitely worth picking up if you can swing it, dear listener. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Wayne Family Adventures alone. I don't know. This is obviously some people have complained that when is this set? How does this fit into continuity? Forget all that. Think about Wayne family adventures like Batman, the animated series, its own separate universe. But what it does do is it gets every member of the bat family from the signal to Batgirl to Cassandra Kane to spoiler to all the Robins to Jason Todd, Alfred, and deliver their true innermost essences from the last 85 years of comics and distilled it into one beautiful, easy to look at, simple but deceptively so artwork and deliver stories that will make you laugh out loud, make you cry. Where you see found family in a brand new way. Honestly, even though this series is very friendly to all ages, the emotional content, the psychology, the action, the thrills, the laughs are superb. The fact that one of the jokes is Batman has a mug that says world's most okay dad. That in itself alone is worth the price of admission. Oh, wow. Uh, um, get it. Brilliant. I'm there. Yes, but does it feature Bat Cow? I'm sure it does at some point. Wait, yes. what? I was joking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it features back out? I'm, I think they're all in it at some point. They're all in it at some point. Okay, great. Uh, but when they um, have snowball fight contests, sure. just read this. Honestly, it's brilliant. Buy it. Don't borrow it. Buy it. Now, crossovers. Love them or hate them, they bring in readers. But two words should automatically get you invested in this one. And those two words are Tom Taylor. Mm. 
Now, when you add the words Teen Titans and Starro, you know something huge is coming. Brad, what do you make of this one? You had me at Starro. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny reading the article because it felt like a little bit of a spoiler saying that Beast Boy can turn into Starro, but that uh, that's uh, why wouldn't he? Why yeah. not? Yeah. yeah, I I can't wait. That's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun, and that's one of those things. Like, why hadn't somebody thought of this before? Exactly, that, like that. Yeah, I uh, I thought, well, wow, that should have happened a long time ago. So, I uh, yeah, this should be this should be good. And Beast Boy, he needs a kind of spotlight a little bit. Um, my favorite Beast Boy version right now is the Cami Garcia. Oh, it's wonderful. Series. You know, it's yeah. so good. So I, I like that that character is getting a spotlight outside of that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. There's so many elements to this crossover that mm. just like read excellent on their own, like a, a, great, teen, a great new Teen Titan story, uh, a great and powerful cosmic star story, all being managed by Tom Taylor. Uh, it's a wonder to, as to how Tom Taylor has been able to assign to this project. But then again, like I think that'd be a nice little brain break in terms of the heavy stuff he's been writing so far. Something a little bit light and cosmic and fun, but still have the room for emotional yeah. growth and like new un- unseen stuff in the world of DC with Beast Boy turning into Star and such. There's a lot that can be done here. Like, sure, we've got that like spoilering on spoiler of Beast Boy being able to do that, but that's just the beginning yeah. anything could happen in this story and i think that's the most exciting yeah. part uh, anything could happen and that's just drawing going to draw in all kinds of readers all kinds of readers absolutely and like you said brad tom's just one of those writers i mean he's proved it time and time again from injustice onwards again he's one of those guys actually he's never written anything i haven't liked mm. ever I, I mean even um scott snyder i didn't like zero year that much but everything else i've loved and i've loved his indie stuff but tom taylor's work for dc hence the fact he's now got a dc exclusive contract he can only write for dc from injustice from the deceased books nightwing which we'll talk about arguably the best comic book on the shelves right now now he's writing titans now he's writing a titans crossover now the titans have taken over from the justice league as earth's premier super team now you get this Anything could happen, honestly. Dude, I mean, oh, and Nicholas Scott Art. Oh, wow. Do you know? (laughs) Yeah. Enough said. Thanks, Stan Lee, for those wise words. Hmm. Now, from Beast Wars, Beast Worlds, Monsters, Giant and Otherwise, let's talk about the other enemy our minds Ooh. and christian ward one of the finest writer artists in all of comics and one of the nicest people i've ever met yeah. very nice man black label again brad batman city of madness a kind of spiritual prequel to batman arkham asylum dude sign me up well yeah and not only that but i thought that batman cult was one of the more underrated oh batman absolutely yes yeah. and that they're going to bring that in and court yeah. of owls has has become one of the most iconic Batman stories yeah. of the 21st century. So bringing those three together and, and Lovecraftian horror, that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a win-win. I don't see how people are going to not love this. Uh, it's a match made in heaven. And I'm glad to see that Batman cult's getting some love. 
finally. Mm. <laughs> I think Christian Ward's probably the only creator that would A, have this idea and B, yeah, have actually. the creative talent to be able to bring them all together. Lovecraftian cosmic horror is notoriously hard to do in a visual media because when you're reading like uh, 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 the horror novel, your own mind creates the yes. visuals as you read it. Yeah. So when you see it put to screen or put to page on in graphic novel form, seeing the tentacles kind of takes the horror out of it. But there's something so mesmerizing about Christian Ward's artwork that it will just suck you right in, literally and mm. metaphorically. When you play with the story elements of Batman Cult, the Core of Owls, and whatever strange, trippy illusions that Christian Ward wants to delight us with, I think this is the only way that kind of story could be told. I think he's the perfect creator for all this, yeah. and I trust him to, to, to do something truly historic. And like you said, Brad, isn't it brilliant when you get someone who writes as well as they draw and paint? Mm. And this is one of those guys. I mean, Aquaman Andromeda, he oh. only handled the art for. Uh, Ram B wrote it, but the synthesis between the two is incredible. And Christian wrote one of the best vampire things of the last 20 years in oh, Blood Stained Teeth. Blood Stained Teeth is excellent. But what I love about his art, like you said, the Cthulhu mythos, everything Lovecraftian. The real horror is the horror you create in your head, but Christian Ward's art style is, how can I even describe it? He does realistic, but he does like hyper surreal realistic. Yeah. And that's kind of Perfect. what the artwork was like in uh, Ark, uh, yeah. Arkham Asylum. Dave so McKean's another it, one of those it, guys. It makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, so I mean, like Dave McKean's artwork was so perfect for capturing the madness that it actually creates a madness between himself and the great Grant Morrison. Like, yeah, there was so much friction there, but I they think, will never work together again. But which is a damn mm. shame because mm. the thing they made together was so perfect and it really fit the brief for the madness of what happens going Still on in Arkham Asylum every day. Yeah, mm. it's been it's been reprinted too many times at this point. Um, so that kind of style of storytelling is exactly what you want for a project like this, but the perfect synergy of like a writer artist doing it yeah. means we'll get the sincere story the whole way through and anything could happen. That's why it's exciting. I can't wait for this one. And again, Black Label are killing it. While I miss Vertigo, Black Label has been proven to be a worthy successor. Black Label has definitely been the spoonful of sugar that helps that medicine go down. Yeah. Um, the books have been really good. So good. So good. And something else that's really good, um, the Eisner Awards prove it, is DC's output with Nightwing and particularly and Human Target cleaning up at the Eisners. Again, you were there when they were awarded. You must have been one of the loudest cheers out there, right, Brad? Well, you know, just this is the idea of Nightwing. I mean, that, yeah. that series has... It's um, amazing. Brought, I think it's brought so many new readers into comics. It really... Uh, very cool ways of telling stories you can only do in comics. I felt that it was a very... And the influence that it brought in, I think there was like the, like the Chris Ware influence on some of that yeah. stuff was really... And you don't really see that in more mainstream comics. The stories were great. The... It, it was like such a special story that can only be told in comics, and you mm. get that very rarely. It's kind of like a Sandman, where you couldn't tell Sandman in any other form no. other than the comics. And, the, and and that's what is so special about this Nightwing series. And it's great to see it getting the respect it deserves by getting these nominations. And Human Target, 
it's another oh, one. It's so great. Uh, good. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with Tom King. He, he deserves all the praise. So, yeah, I think both of these books deserve all the awards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. In, ter- in fact, DC cleaned up at the Eisner's yeah. Award as well. Not just Tom Taylor's run on Nightwing uh, for Best Continuing Series and, of course, Best Limited Series going to Tom King's Human Target. Uh, uh, Kevin Conroy's oh, um, yeah. short story in oh, yeah. DC well, Pride, no. uh, winning yeah. best short story was very Finding deserved. Uh, the best single issue slash one shot was the Riddler One Bad Day by Tom, Tom King, King again. Tom King taking it home twice. What a heroic performance! And yeah, all of those stories are highlights Quality. from the last couple, from the last year or so. Yeah, you know, Steve, so, you and I talked when these were announced. Yeah, um, that it'd be a crime. If that Kevin Conroy story Absolutely. did not get did not win, so Adam, I'm glad you brought that up because that that yeah. was just that was a shoe it because that story was magnificent, incredible. Yeah, it was a it was a good showing across the board, and everything that won an Eisner Award definitely deserved to win. But DC absolutely cleaned house on the big categories, and they deserved it. Like I say, great time to be a DC fan, and it's mainly because the comics. That they're putting out. So good. So good. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I I just watched the um the history of DC three part. Oh, superpowers! That was brilliant, wasn't it? So good. But Dan DiDio brings up a good point. Mm. He said, "My enemy isn't Marvel. My enemy is the TV Readers. and the movies. Because if they become the arbiters of this, then we've lost it." And DC has proven that they're not going to lose that, that the comics are still the kind of the point of the spear when it comes to this stuff. Absolutely. I mean, it's the name of the company, Detective Comics. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm really glad this year, because last year Nightwing did win again a Best Ongoing Series. So it's two years in a row for that team. I'm still disappointed that Tom Taylor hasn't taken the award as Best Writer, but seeing that Bruno Redondo take the award for best artist i mean let's talk about nightwing and and breaking boundaries um the first comic ever to tell one story with one image spread out over 20 pages who does that and how much of a nightmare was that and then issue 105 recently where the whole issue was taught was shown from nightwing's point of view um amazing and again How's that not been done before? So Nightwing, well done. Tom King and Human Target, well done. Kevin Conroy, always missed, always loved, well done. Bruno, brilliant. Like you said, Brad, great time to be a DC fan. Truly. Now we come to our final story, and it is a good one because, well, there's a couple of Batman animated series fans here. Great Um, for us indeed. There's a couple of million uh, Batman animated series fans all over the world, and not only are we getting a deluxe hardcover omnibus of the entire run of the Batman Adventures Volume One, we're getting a soft cover collection of Batman uh, Beyond Volume One and Two. I can finally put all my floppies away. Brad, are you buying these? I am because I haven't read the original issues. So this oh, is going to wow. be you this is going to be a great treat. way to discover. I love it, it just like the milestone compendiums that yeah. they put out because I that was just came out at a time when I wasn't collecting, so it kind of missed me. Now now I have these great editions that I can go back and pick up and take in the whole story. So I was happy to see that. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy reading through these for sure. 
I can't wait till you discover the artwork of Mike Parabek. Mm-hmm. May you rest in peace. Oh, oh wow. Uh, yeah, you're in for a treat, brother. So good. Yeah, because um, Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond, uh, for largely different reasons, are considered some of like the finest like pieces of Batman <laughs> media away from the comics. Totally. So these stories, these comic book stories, elevate those stories. They don't. They're not essential reading. You can watch the TV shows, and that's the whole story. But when you read some of them, you get more context as to why no, uh, Dick Grayson left Gotham City. You get more context of just like how the Joker's worked in that twisted version of Future Gotham. So you get a more rounded story, and it makes it feel so much more subver- uh, submersive, and you just get deep into it. Having it all, and I mean everything, like actually everything. The complete all, volume one, yeah. All in one easy place, just to like have as a pride point on your collection and just to get the full story alongside all that animated TV. It's perfect for anyone who deeply loves those stories. So, and a must have. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's 36 single issues, two annuals and a winter special in one hardcover book. And like Adam said, I mean, you can watch Batman, the animated series and never read an issue of the Batman adventures. You can read every issue of the Batman adventures and not have been seen uh, Batman the Animated Series, but when you have both together, it's just superb. It's fantastic. There's the slight little nods and hints and mentions that when you've watched them and read them, that elevate the whole thing. And that's the universe that Paul Dini, Alan Burnett, uh, Bruce Tim, and the whole gang tried to aim for from day one. So having this book, I mean, I know I shouldn't really because I've got the original issues, but those original issues are now worth a bloody fortune, mm. particularly issue 12, the first ever comics appearance of oh, Harley yeah. Quinn. Yeah. Yes. I'm astounded that you have that in your collection. Um, and the fact that that's getting collected now in a lovely hardcover, which will last and survive the tests of time it's deserved. And Batman Beyond as well. I mean, I'm a bit surprised that one's only getting a paperback version and it doesn't look like it's got any of the extras that the, uh, Batman Adventures ones has, but um, it's collecting two whole volumes, the first six-issue arc and then the whole complete second volume, which is actually the complete animated style of Batman Beyond, because after that it was when Dan Jurgens and other serious comic oh. writers took over and it became part of the official DC canon with uh, Future's End. So um, maybe that's why it's it's a smaller collection and it's a complete beginning-to-end story. So either way, both those books well worth buying so yeah bring it on so we know what we're going to be reading in the future but brad tell our viewers tell our listeners where they can read your work and hear your voice and learn about your eye for superhero couture my friend uh you can find me uh writing news reviews dc comics news uh also writing the occasional news and reviews for uh mark with movie blog you can find me on the Harley Quinn Mad Love podcast, when we get back to recording it, I will always be holding, carrying that flame. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. Oh, what about you, Adam? Ah, uh, for those who are listening to uh, I Am The Night, also here on the DC Comics News podcast, you know my whole spiel. But to let you know, uh, you can find me reviewing many titles a month on Dark Knight News, Catwoman, and the new look at Batman Beyond, as we were just talking about, are in excellent spots right yeah, now. really good. But for my one true love, not to say I don't love DC Comics, but for my other true love, PC and tabletop gaming, look no further than my father and I's pride and joy, fantasticuniverses.com, where I put my two cents reviews and strategy guides for various 
PC console, tabletop, and trading card games and everything in between. Follow me on Twitter at IsItTinkerer and follow me on twitch.tv forward slash IsItTinkerer where I stream card game goodness including DC Dual Force, their new foray into the card game genre. An unreasonably good card game, especially now that they've gone through the update to include comic book adventures that you can play through with the physical so cards. Cool. Truly excellent stuff. And yes, talk to me. I'm very approachable. I'm very nice. True. I can vouch for that, but I'm biased. Yeah. As for myself, you can catch me on this show, on our show, all across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, and Fantastic Universes are also on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for them all. On Twitter, it's DC Comics News, DK News.com, or Fan Universes. As for this fella, at L Stevo, E L underscore S T E E V O on Twitter, Steve J Ray on Facebook, or just search Steve J Ray or Fantastic Universes in your search engine of choice to read my news reviews, features, and interviews across DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, and Fantastic Universes. But until you do, something everyone out there has to do is to read more comics. Do it, it's good for you.